Hi there, this is John Gruden, Dayton class of 1985. Listen, man, I got some, some new free time, stupid Microsoft Outlook. I want to tell you about my new segment here on SB Unfurled and Friends. It's called Favorite Tweets, where I read the tweets from my favorite accounts that just tell it like it is and aren't afraid of this PC mumbo jumbo. Just how real Americans really think. Here's my first one from another Dayton guy, Blackburn Review, man. Listen, no, Unfurled, we're not doing this. We're not getting our asses canceled right before the best Bonnie season in a half century. Why not? Gruden is a dick. He made himself enough of a laughing sock. We didn't even do this for Trump and Fordham. Besides, your John Gruden impression is terrible. Really? Yeah, man, sorry, but it sucks. Not even close to Frank Caliendo. But I'm not Unfurled. I'm you, little Bonna X. You are? Heck yeah, man. He's at the Bills-Dolphins game right now getting hammered. You Richmond Spider 2Y banana. Richmond Spider 2Y banana? That's what you got? That wasn't even funny. Now there's most of the stuff you've done before, man. <sighs> Damn, you got a good point. I mean, I got to work on some personal demons or something. All right, let's just get to it. SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 32. Man, let's go, Brandon. You done? Anywhere else you're going with that joke about that dumb right-wing meme? Now, man, saw you. Good. SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 32. Man, the season can't come soon enough. I'm going insane. Welcome everybody to episode 32 of SB Unfurled and Friends, the last episode before the last episode before the season, the penultimate episode of your preseason previews. Lil Bon X here with SB Unfurled. It's so close. We are almost a week away, eight days from when this drops until we take on Sienna. This week we're playing Alfred in an exhibition. We're going to see fans back in the Riley Center for the first time in I don't even know how many days. I don't even want to count. How are you feeling, Unfurled? I'm going to see fans back in the Riley Center for the first time in five days because I was at Fan Jam on Friday. And True. it was actually really, but for a game, I know what you mean, but uh, <laughs> a good segue into our first, what, what, what we're going to talk about. I thought it was a great turnout. Um, obviously, there wasn't one last year, but from what I remember, uh, and I've gone to someone back in the late 90s, which was crazy. It was actually at midnight for Midnight Madness. Uh, this was the best turnout I can remember. Um, a lot of energy there. Student section looked really good. And it was cool to see, not for Schmidt, because he looked terrified during the dunk contest. Um, but I thought it was the best fan jam I can remember. The dunk contest was fun. Three-point shootout was pretty good. Um, and, you know, it, it was just a good, nice pep rally, I thought. But, yeah, I mean, we're getting close. We're recording this um, on Wednesday, October 27th. I know we're not going to put it out for a few days, but today was media day, so we got to see Schmidt, Lofton, Oshun uh, talking to the media about the season. Always just a great, great time of year, this lead-up to uh, to the season. Yeah, it's feeling the – yeah, it's just hearing the – 
news come out of media day and, you know, just seeing all the different, you know, sound bites coming from Chris Mooney and Bob McKillop and Schmidt and everybody just talking about, you know, who's supposed to be kind of unsung heroes or kind of unexpected stars that are supposed to rise. I know uh, Schmidt has been talking about somebody that you've been seeing a lot, right? Yeah, I've been down to a few practices. Um, and last year for, you know, since Winston and Roberts left, they only had nine guys, so they couldn't even go five on five last year. And there's just, I feel like there's a new energy this year, um, really competitive. The seniors uh, taking a, a huge leadership role again, getting these new guys ready. There's some growing pains, of course, learning the new systems, defensive assignments, all that stuff. But uh I've been to probably a handful of practices and I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised with some of the guys. Uh, Koulibaly is the one you're referencing, which Schmidt talked about today. A guy who, yeah, yep. Kareem Koulibaly, the pit transfer, he's from Mali, uh, a lefties for a big guy. He's got a, a nice, uh, outside mid range stroke, um, takes contact down low really well. Nice footwork actually sees the floor well when he gets up into that high post and he has, you know, Adaway had some nice baseline cuts, some slashes to the basket, which he always finishes with a nice dunk. Um, but, but Koulibaly knew he was, he was cutting baseline, hit him with some nice bounce passes, leading his man um, on, on passes in transition. So I was really impressed with, with him. I think he's going to be great filling in for Oshun, giving Oshun some much needed rest because big men should not be playing 35 plus minutes a game. Uh, hopefully Oshun can get back down into that 30 minute range and be all the more effective when he's out there. And that's going to be because of Koulibaly playing the five and he can even come in at the four and play along with Oshun when, when we need to go big. Um, so I think he's going to be our, our main guy off the bench along with uh, Linton Brown. I think having him, Koulibaly, down low is not only going to help out Oshun, like you mentioned, but I think he's going to help out who I am expecting to take the biggest step forward this season, and that's Jalen Attaway, because we saw Jalen Attaway pay, play out of position so much at the four, and he did a very good job at the four, but he's only yeah. 6'5", and you could see in some matchups where that was a bit of an issue. Now, it's not his fault. He was just asked to play a Ladarian Griffin role, and he's like, mm -hmm. what, three, four inches shorter than Ladarian? So, yeah. What he can do is actually step out and draw defenders out who might be a little taller mm -hmm. when he shoots the three because we saw that develop over the course of the last month or so, especially post-St. Louis loss. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think is going to really help the team have more dynamic scoring because sometimes if the offense bogged down and you know Lofton's getting double teamed and Holmes or Welch aren't hitting their threes, you needed that other player to develop outside so if Attaway can yep. get more free and then you know Welch and Holmes are also getting more rest because cool Bali's at the four then that's really going to change things for us I think yeah and Attaway was top 10 in the league last year in effective field goal percentage he was for a while like top 10 in the nation um because of his dunks but also because when he gets inside he has a, a nice little mid-range game but he was taking advantage of some mismatches when he was at the four beating his man, some bigger, slower fours off the dribble, getting into the lane, uh, a, a nice touch around the basket, I think. And, yeah, like you said, he's going to be able to move down to the three and spell Welch, give Welch some rest, um, maybe even move Welch to the two and give Holmes some rest. Uh, the puzzle pieces won't fit perfectly right off the bat. It'll take Schmidt 
I think maybe some some time to get used to it, some guys sure. getting into their roles, but by certainly by conference play and, and hopefully even before that when we play, you know, UConn and Virginia Tech, these guys have solidified their roles in their rotation and, you know, Attaway can play the the three or the four and Koulibaly can play the four or the five. We're going to have a lot more pieces and we're, I mean, how can you not have more pieces than last year? But uh, all we need is just two or three guys to be ready to step up and, and that's going to make a massive difference this year. Definitely. It's going to be matchup dependent because we saw it last year. We had a bad performance against or an underwhelming performance against St. Louis because it wasn't as terrible as maybe some mm-hmm. people thought at the time. But then we crushed St. Louis in the A-10 semifinals. But then yeah. you know, a week later, we turn around or two weeks later, we turn around and have a pretty rough offensive performance against LSU, who had a similar size profile. So it's all matchup dependent. Right. And when you have a season where we're not going to be playing games every seven to ten days like we were last season, we're yeah. going to be playing every three to five or, you know, yeah. maybe we'll get a week break. But because of COVID, not having any pauses, hopefully, because it seems like we're, you know, pretty on a pretty good spot right now, mm-hmm. at least in terms of, you know, canceling games, because I haven't really seen much beyond a few teams yeah. having a little couple minor outbreaks in other sports. But I think we're gone with the days of COVID pauses and cancellations, which is, I think, what helped us get away with a short bench last year. And maybe if we had a more normal season, Schmidt would have used more guys like Vasquez and maybe Justin Winston doesn't transfer in the first half yeah. of the season. So that depth might have come into play a little more. But I think going back to what we're talking about with this year's team, like you said, it's going to be matchup dependent with who steps up. And there are guys like Linton Brown and a couple others who um, you would know more about who's stepped up in mm-hmm. In preseason, because you've actually been to practices, I have not, but just I'm, yeah. you know, aware of some guys just on their, you know, recruiting profiles. But you've mentioned Linton Brown. We've talked about Cream Cool Bailey. Just for some other new guys, because we already know who the starting five is. There's yep. no surprise there. Is there anybody else that you're kind of uh, keeping an eye on as kind of a eighth man that you want to, you know, pay attention to? I was super impressed with Jorian Sizeno, uh, the Netherlands freshman who's coming in. He's been going one on one against. Kyle Lofton for pretty much this whole preseason and all these practices. And he just looks, he just looks patient. He looks composed. He's not trying to do too much. He's not rushed. Um, he, he has great court vision. He knows where all these guys are, even though he hasn't played with them very much. It looks like he knows where they're at on the court at all times. Super crafty. He gets into the lane and he he has good footwork even down low in the lane and he's using ball fakes and he's able even against forwards to get get a nice shot up in the lane. I've been really, really impressed by him. I don't know if we'll see him much just because Kyle Lofton's gonna play, you know, forty minutes a game again or or whatever he's gonna play. So we'd really only see Sizeno if if Lofton's in foul trouble or uh, God forbid he rolls an ankle or gets injured or something. Um, but yeah. but just by way of you know the, how it's shaking out with positions, we might not see him much. I do think we'll see Quadri Adams a, a little bit. He's super athletic, especially like north south athleticism. Uh, really really quick quick feet, great perimeter defender. Um, he, and I'm watching him guard on the perimeter guys like Jaron Holmes and Dom Welch. So it's not like he's guarding slouches out there at all. These are all conference talents. Uh, but offensively, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to add much. Schmidt got on him a little bit for just putting his head down and driving to the basket and kind of having tunnel vision, not really seeing the floor. Maybe that's something he can work out. Uh, I don't think he's going to light it up offensively at all. But um, 
when, you know, Holmes or Welch need rest, this is a guy who can come in and he doesn't need to take on the burden offensively, but he can shut down some really good offensive guys uh, in the A-10. So I think we'll see him just because of, you know, how athletic he is and, and how good he is defensively. Um, that's that's the kind of guy Schmidt likes as well. But I, I will say you mentioned St. Louis and their matchups, and I was just thinking last year, like, they would have – they would rotate guys like Jimmy Bell, who was 6'10", 270, Hassan French, yeah. who's just – looks like the next Mo Alley Cox, who's going to be in the NFL, like, on your fantasy team catching touchdowns. And then they had that Martin Linson, who – in that game when we went down there and just looked absolutely gassed oh, uh, guys with hands on their knees, like they were just rotating this front court in. And that's when, you know, Koulibaly is really going to be huge for us. Um, Cause Perkins would play the four. And we just got news literally five minutes ago that he which sucks so much. Unfortunately tore yeah. his ACL. Yeah. Probably the front runner for a 10 player of the year. We can get um, into that more later when we yeah. kind of do a recap but, of a 10 media day, but yeah, that's what yeah. we just found out. So he would, he would come season. He would come in at the four, and that's a good matchup for Attaway. But when they rotate those three bigs, and we were – that's one of those teams that can just pound us down low when we're not ready for it. Yeah, and I think going back to a little bit of what you said about you know how guys can step into a Schmidt rotation, especially in their first year in the system, whether they're freshmen or JUCOs or however they come to Bonaventure, it's the stuff that is not putting up points. It's not putting up points – Is mm-hmm. put it this way – Look at Ladarian Griffin's development. I know we just talked about LD. LD is a good friend of ours. But the, seriously, in his freshman year, him and Dion Wright, you can look at them. They had similar trajectories where they mm-hmm. kind of didn't really have much of an offensive game really worth talking about. They were able to do some good things on defense, and they were able to do some good things on the boards on both ends. Yeah. And it's those kind of hustle points, not necessarily basket points, that – keep you in the rotation with Schmidt, especially yep. when you're a youngster, because for every Kyle Lofton who basically starts from day one as a freshman, there's about 10 guys who, you know, don't really see the court very much. And then they may either transfer out or it may take them three years. Yep. So if you want to get on the court, typically under an establishment team, you're going to have to do the, the things, the dirty points on, on the boards and, you know, yep. getting some steals and get some charges and whatever you got to do to, you know, stay in that rotation because it's obviously an established team of, of five great guys, but other than the big, big five, there's, it's wide open. It's every, any, anybody on the roster other than the top five can easily be the sixth man. And God forbid there's an injury. Guess who's going to come into the starting lineup? Whoever's sixth. Mm-hmm. He's got to trust you. Schmidt has to trust you if you're going to be on the floor. That's like that's like the big thing with him. I remember two years ago at that four position that, thank, thank God, Attaway came in and took over. Um, Justin Winston and Bobby Planutis had that timeshare. They were each playing 20 minutes a game at the four, and there were so many games where Schmidt would put Winston in and Winston would mess up, and he'd put Planutis in and Boca Bobby would mess up, and then he'd go back, and he was like, can can someone please step up at this position? Uh, it, it seemed like he didn't trust them in a lot of games, and he was just looking for someone to step up in that role. Thankfully, Adaway did that for us, and it, it it'll be interesting to see who out of Justin and Jack Tajore Tajore. I hope he has, I have his name right, and Anwar Malouk, the other Netherlands um, freshman. Right. Who out of those two will? really develop if not both into that four role because they're both pure four men i would say 
um, similar athletic. I've heard really good things from the staff and some other people about um, Justin Njok Tajore, the Canadian. I think he's going to be a big surprise. I didn't really think he would step in at all, but there there's a chance that he develops and he's able to step in. He He's big. He's athletic. He was even working with the guards in some of the drills. He has a good handle for his size. I was really surprised with him as well. Not sure he's going to get time this year, but he's a guy to look at when you talk about LD and Dion in that role going forward. I think when you talk about those other new guys, I think that's why I don't want to see the starting five get more than like five to seven minutes against Alfred because I want to see who is next because it doesn't have to be any catastrophic injury because obviously absolutely don't want that for any team, let alone Bonnie's. Yeah. But there's going to be instances. Oshun is going to get into foul trouble at some point. Dom is going to be 0 for 8 from 3 in one game or something. I mean, I hope mm-hmm. not, but it's every it's bound to happen where somebody's going to have a cold night, somebody's going to have foul trouble, maybe somebody does have a minor injury and they're not 100%, so you're going to need at least two to three guys to step up, and we're not going to get away with the same rotation schedule of last season because the schedule yeah. is going to be way different because we're going to be playing every three to five days, like I said earlier. We're not going to be getting these COVID pauses where we were lucky to get you know, five to seven to eight to 10 days off. We didn't want it, but it worked out for the rotation. And we had a week off in between a 10 semifinals and the a 10 finals. So yeah, that's, that's just goes back to what we said about the depth. Well, we played 16 regular season games last year. Usually you play 31. So you're going from, you know, you're, you're doubling the amount of games you're playing basically. Um, but our, our guys are, they're used to it. Um, they're, they're athletic. They have great stamina, all of our five starters. But I think if you're looking at like a guy like Linton Brown, I think he's going to step up and get into that Alejandro Vasquez role. Uh, similar build, similar game. He loves launching from three. Vasquez had that immediate heat check where if he saw one go in, he would you come down and you knew he was taking another one. Hopefully Linton Brown has that confidence. He shot almost 50%. Granted, it was Juco at uh, Indian River State, but he shot a ton of threes down there. He's not shy about shooting it. So as long as he can um, understand his assignments defensively and Schmidt trusts him with the ball to not turn it over, make boneheaded plays, um, I think he can step up and play 12, 14, 16 minutes a game and be that guy who comes in and and gives not just Holmes and Welch a rest, but he can come in and give – Loft in arrest because I think Holmes will shift down to the to the point guard position. He's worked with Ralph this offseason. He's worked on his handle. Right. And he told us in our last podcast that he's more comfortable handling the ball. So I think you could see Holmes at the one, Brown at the two, Welch at the three. That's another another way that Linton Brown can get get some more minutes and get get a good uh rotation in this in this tight Schmidt eight man rotation. All right, we've been very basketball heavy, and for for a good reason too, because too we much, are yeah. finally getting into the season. <laughs> but you mentioned it off the top when I said, "Oh, this is going to be the first time we see fans in the Riley Center in you know nineteen months or whatever the, yeah. the time is." But that's not true because we saw fans for the Fan Jam. Now, was it entirely students or was it? because I know some schools have only closed off the students. I wasn't able to watch any of it Friday night. I had to follow it, you know, after the fact, what, what was it like? No, the student section was full. 
um, all students down there. And then the Reds were families. It was like uh, that whole side of the arena where the students are usually on, that whole side was pretty full. Like I sat up pretty high in the Reds and there's families, kids there. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a good energy. The student section was full and there's a lot of people there. I, I, I had a good time and I thought it was a great pep rally. Schmidt got a massive ovation. The students got a ma- uh, massive ovation of themselves, I guess, for being back in the Riley Center. And obviously all of our all of our guys got a nice ovation. And then the women's team was there too, and they, they got a good ovation. Yeah, my favorite highlight that I saw, I didn't like I said, I was gathering it all from social media highlights, but I love the dunk that Attaway had over Oshun. Everybody exploded with that. What was that like? I was honestly watching Schmidt a lot during this this part <laughs> because I mean I remember two years ago in George Mason's uh Paparelli, they did a dunk contest and AJ Wilson went up and jumped over like three people and he landed really awkwardly. He didn't get hurt. But I was I remember watching that and saying, this is why Schmidt does not allow dunk contests. Um, and I've talked to people in athletics and they're like, yeah, he just he's old school. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want people to get hurt, which is understandable. But these seniors have kind of earned it. They've earned earned the right to do this. I think if there's any class oh, to yeah. do it, do it this year and then and then retire it. Um, but it was it was cool. Schmidt looked very worried during it. But. Uh, honestly, when Attaway came down, his leg kind of bent a little bit. I was like, oh, God, he's fine. It, don't even start, please. <laughs> it, if you watch it, like he's got such hops that when he lands, it's like a cat. And it's, it's just, I mean, it, it's crazy. But he, yeah, it was, that was a really good dunk. He had some other good ones. Holmes fed him off the side of the backboard for a good one. He had it between the legs to himself. Uh, Maluk had some good dunks, but he had a between the legs one too. And Dom Welch, for some reason, was in the dunk contest. And you could just tell he was like so tired from, I don't know if it was doing a leg day or if it was from just having all these practices or doing the three point contest. But he's like, he couldn't even like get the ball up to the rim. He just like at one point did a 360 and pretty much chucked it into the student section, it looked like. But he just, he didn't even try because his legs were just dead. It was, it was, uh, so it was basically Jalen Attaway versus Anuar Malouk. And Attaway had like a 147 out of 150 total score. And Malouk had, I don't know, 140 out of 150. There was, I, I Joe Manhurts was a, a dunk contest judge. He was very generous with his scores. There was one judge who was yeah. very hard. He was very hard on these guys. He had some low scores. Uh, he, he was, he looked like he was tough to impress. And I like that. That's how I would be if I was a judge. Right. And you know exactly who this guy is. Oh, I do. That's right. It's him. The one and the only. He's now a professor. Captain Beer. What is up, guys? Off of your performance at at Fan Jam, so I didn't see it because, like (laughs) I said earlier, I missed out on all the festivities. I had to watch everything after the fact. I didn't know this until we just started talking before we recorded. You were actually part of a video in this, so can you tell people who weren't aware of what happened, like me, like what happened in this video that you are kind of explaining about something new for the student section this year? Yeah, so pretty much this year with uh, student tickets, you can't just walk in, scan your Bonnie's ID and get any more. You actually have to go to the Bonnie's Connect app, download a ticket, get a specific seat in the student section, 
had to scan your ticket and get directed to your right seat throughout the game just because of COVID. It's going to be a lot of students packed this year, the top 25 teams, so it's trying to keep it a little more uh, easier and more running smoothly for everyone. Well, hopefully we're going to have nothing but sellouts, and we don't want the – I was going to say the only in fire marshal, but where are we? We're in Allegheny. So the <laughs> yeah, Allegheny we fire marshal, we, we don't want any fire marshals to start getting mad if there's 6,200 people in a 5,600 seat arena. So that's probably another reason why. Let's pack the rally, right? <laughs> Let's just get, it, get as packed as we can. I want 10,000 people in there. Oh, God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, it's very strange going into the Siena game. Like half the student body will have never been to a Bonnet game before, right? Wow. Because the freshmen have yeah. never been there and the sophomores have never been there. What is it like on campus? I don't know if you associate with any freshmen or sophomores. Are you able to rally these underclassmen and get them into it? Have you seen them out watching the games last year? What's it feel like on campus? So, I mean, I didn't even realize that, that half the student body didn't has never been to a Bonnet basketball game before. I, I never didn't realize that, didn't register it anything in my head, but I know a few sophomores, they're excited. They're excited to finally get to experience that. They're freshmen, just like with other freshman classes, they'll have to kind of be taught and, you know, kind of see how it goes, but we'll get them involved. We'll, we'll make sure that that place is packed with everyone from juniors to seniors, all the way to freshmen. Yeah. The professor. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, this, so take us through this video. If anybody hasn't seen it, Seth Johnson on Twitter, What's his handle? Let me see. Let me pull it up here because SBU, SBU, SBU underscore marketing. Yeah. Seth Johnson. I mean, most Bonnie's fans, especially if you're Twitter savvy, should already know who he is. He does a lot of great stuff for the program, especially digitally. But he, I don't know if he was the one who helped make this video or if he just posted it. But there's this nice little explainer video. It looks like something that would be on like now this or one of those other like BuzzFeed type, you know, explaining video websites i don't know what other ones to think of like but it looks like it looks really nice it's like you got your own cartoon that's pointing at the chalkboard you told us it had took you a couple hours to like just go through all this and just to you know make sure the best was coming across so what was it like doing this video it was i mean i've never done anything like that before i mean seth reached out to me a few weeks ago and said that you know he kind of wants me to get involved in some stuff on campus with the athletic department and and the wolf pack especially to kind of show these younger upperclassmen and uh, even the upperclassmen how to how everything's going to operate this year. And uh, when we get closer, he he made the script all himself. And one of the big things was he wanted to be funny. So we were trying to think of different ideas. And he said, like, you know, a lot of the people, like, they've never seen me without my beer hat. Like, what if we just open up and you're in a shirt and tie, you're in a suit, you're at, like, a podium, and you, you got your hair slicked, slicked back, you got your glasses on. And then at some point, you just kind of switch over to Captain Beer. So – he did the entire script, and I thought it was a great job with the script. Really funny, uh, something different that not a lot of people expected. I remember when they played it in the RSC, like it opened up and people started laughing, so that was good. But <laughs> big just pop, again, yep. <laughs> it was a, definitely a big pop, and um, yeah, it took it was a it was like a whole production with the athletic department. So uh, Nathan Stutter does all the videos for the athletic department. He was the one recording, and Seth was there, and it was like constantly like doing different takes, making sure everything was good down to the lighting, everything like that. So I think at every part of the video, it probably did five or six takes per, per different uh, part. So it was like a whole right. actual production that I've, I've never done before, but it was really cool to be a part of. Oh yeah. It looks awesome the way they did it. I, like I said, in between the cartoons and just you walking through. And I like the, I like the, the real narrative that has come out of you between freshman year at that George Mason game, when everybody saw, you know, the, the first picture and everyone 
when America knew who Captain Beer was until <laughs> now, you're basically a TA. You're a teaching assistant. You're <laughs> all these youngsters who half the school, like like Unfurled said, half the school basically hasn't been to a Bonnie's game in person as a student. So you need to get these little these youngsters under your wing and then you know instruct them. You're a TA. Hey, hey that's <laughs> the plan. That's that's the plan. And you know, hopefully we we get to mold young young minds that never been a part of this and maybe let me get a new Captain Beer out of this. <laughs> yeah, I I was sitting next to this family and actually a, a several families, but I heard one kid like down toward my left say that he wanted to be uh, Kyle Lofton when he grows up. And then there was a kid behind me. I heard him tell his mom, when I grow up, mommy, I want to be Captain Beer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funniest part is, is I had a, a family after Fan Jam and I was like, uh, I was just walking around with some of my friends in the arena and I had a family with like maybe five or six kids. Mom was like, can we get a picture with you? I'm like, I mean, yeah, sure. I have, I just, like, I have a picture of like uh, like five kids, the whole family <laughs> was, out there. She was hot for teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other, I know you talked about, you know, working a little bit with the athletic department. I don't want you to divulge any secrets you shouldn't be, but if you can, if there's something you can't, don't need to keep close to the vest, or I really should say close to the mug. Is there anything that you're kind of working on that you want to, you know, at least mention to kind of get some, you know, students or even, you know, fans that aren't students kind of interested in what you're working on with the department. I mean, it's really just kind of getting the wolf pack to come together as a whole. Um, they really want like, um, Captain Beer to be the centerpiece to kind of get everyone around going. I, um, they mentioned that's kind of been like, one of the main things that they've been trying to do for the past few years that's never they've never really had like a face of the student section, just kind of making Captain Beer like the face of the student section, mm-hmm. starting all the chants like I already do. So it's yeah. pretty much everything I already do, but make it a little more official and do some work with the athletic, athletic department themselves. And uh, there's might have different ideas, different themes for different games and stuff that I might wear. Um, it was mentioned maybe uh, around finals week, dress up as Professor Beer, stuff like that. Ooh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> I'm picturing. Uh, I'm picturing next. To, you know those big seats? Are they from Ashley Home Furniture? I think. Oh yeah, the big seats. I'm picturing yeah. like right next to those two seats is a third seat, but it's just like a teacher's <laughs> desk or even just like a, like a student's <laughs> desk, and you're just right there with like a, one of those funny. wheeling chalkboards or something. Yeah. That'd be funny. Or I guess maybe since uh, you know we're now in the uh, the post, or I guess not totally post, but kind of. Since COVID, we're dealing more with online learning, so maybe you can just be sitting in one of those chairs with a laptop. <laughs> Nothing with no online learning. Friend. Nope, that's not happening. No, no Moodle. I, I'm no done. Moodle. I'm done. I'm done with Zoom. I'm done with that. I'm all done with all the online learning. Please, please tell me how you feel about Moodle. <laughs> it's not the worst. Okay. It, it's right, not, it's I'll, I'll be honest. It, it's not the worst. I just Zoom classes being on Zoom. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Please, yeah. can you put the? Can we put the St. Joe's Hawk in detention? <laughs> I would that'd be that'd be I'd love that I would love to do that <laughs> or if he's an RA right up the St. Joe's Hawk yeah. <laughs> exactly incessant flapping go see security <laughs> <laughs> alright Dom you're, you're welcome to hang around we're going to start talking about the A10 Media Day and kind of the reaction to what we've you know seen at coming out this week you're, you're welcome to chime in you know we love having you here not Absolutely. only to talk about Bonds but you're you're a knowledgeable fan too it's more than just more than just a hat so i try i try i try <laughs> hey, hey no but cool so getting back to you know some of the stuff that we saw we mentioned you know Javante perkins is really the big news that's coming out at the end of this mm-hmm. past week here you know at the end of october right before halloween as we're once we mentioned we're dropping this on november 1st so kind of recording this right as we got the news of Javante perkins his torn acl and 
when I first heard about the issue that arose from the exhibition game that St. Louis played against, I forgot who exactly it was against, mm-hmm. but they played against some D2, D3 school, NIA, whoever, and they said that he came out of the game and was on crutches. And so sometimes yeah. crutches does not being on crutches doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, a catastrophic injury. You may just not want to put weight on it. Just be precautionary before you go get checked out the next day, whatever it may be. But then Travis Ford had this quote and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but kind of paraphrasing, he said that we're worried about more than basketball. And you don't say something like that immediately after an injury, unless you really fear for the worst. And it also yeah. makes me think about Bones Highland and when Bones Highland had his injury issue towards the end of last season, like any any fan who's like of an opponent of VCU who's happy, like go screw yourself. Like that's this is a college athlete who's working hard to yeah. you know, get to the NBA, just like just like Bones Javante is too. And it's even beyond the human aspect of it, you want to play them at their best mm-hmm. at their best strength. So yeah, you know it's it stinks that it happened. So I you know he was first team all a 10 and you know, at least he has that preseason honor to hang on to. I don't know if he'll come back in 22, 23. He'll have to assess that on his own, but what do you make of that news? Because St. Louis was considered to be probably one of the most likely teams to make the tournament other than us in Richmond. Yeah. I, Perkins probably could have tested the NBA waters at the end of last season. I thought, um, and I don't know how much thought went into that, probably a good amount, but he decided to come back for, for his senior year when he didn't have to, he could have, he could have tried to go pro. Um, and he would have not, if not landed in the NBA, I, I think he would have been in, in the uh, G league for sure. Um, so it's just, it's such a, a tough break. Them, th- this league just can't catch a break. It seems like every year there's injuries in the off season. Right. Um, in our team's, suffer injuries during the non-conference that really just bring the whole conference down. And then uh, it's just not good between them and VCU having season ending injuries. I mean, it's, it's not good for the conference. It sucks for him. Feel bad for them. Um, And I, I agree. I thought St. Louis could maybe push Richmond for, for second. I thought they could, Ken Palm was low on them, but I, I thought they could work their way into an at-large discussion. They have better shooting than they've ever had under Travis Ford, and Perkins was, I mean, the polls I don't think do a, a preseason player of the year. It's just first team, second right. team, third team. But if there was a preseason player of the year, I think it would have been Perkins. Um yeah. So that, it just sucks. Uh, I don't know. There's not much else to say. We just found out about it like in the last hour. Uh, but, you know, g- talking about these teams, Holmes made the second team. Lofton and Oshun made the first team. It's crazy that <laughs> Welch and Attaway aren't on any of these teams. But I think like when you have five guys that are so balanced, especially between Welch, Holmes, and Attaway, I feel like they split a lot of votes. I think this happened to VCU when they did the all-defensive team a few years ago. VCU had the best defense in the league, like a top 10 defense in the country, and none of their players made the all-defensive team because they all just split votes. So it's ridiculous. There's definitely not – like I'm looking at the list right now. You can't tell me that you're going to take some of these guys over uh, Welch and Attaway, but I think they just split the votes, and that's how it turned out. Yeah, I think you just want to give some love to some of the other teams too yeah. because it's 
it's easy to make some arguments against Attaway and Welch for not being on these top three teams. Now I, you know, I would definitely put Attaway on third team. I don't know if I'd put Welch because I do, I do think Welch is a little streaky at times and there are times when he can disappear. Um, happy with how he plays overall, but I mean, objectively you can see where he does have some cold spots and, you know, is a little bit of a liability in offense if he's not hitting from three, but Attaway, I think, is there. I am really high on Attaway. I think Attaway, I wouldn't be surprised if Attaway was possibly our second best player by the end of the season. I really think he's going to explode with a full offseason under Schmidt. Yeah. And I could see him being third team, but then again, it's what you've done really with these kind of awards. Um, as you look at it, you, you have, they have Tumani Kamara yeah. from Dayton, who's a transfer from Georgia, and he's yep. never played a second in the A10. But the reason why he's third team is because of what he did at Georgia and some Dayton fans. I mean, yeah, they're probably biased Dayton fans. Well, we're being biased Bonnie's fans here, but they are talking about him saying, Oh, well, I can't wait to see this when he's first team all yeah. a 10 next season. So, you know, it's what you've done, not what you can prove. It's not projecting what players are going to do. It's kind of establishing, okay, these are the top 18 players in the conference, by the way, thank God that a 10 only does six players on the first team. And they're not ridiculous. Like the big 10 who does 11 <laughs> players on each team. It should like, be five. Have, it shouldn't even be six. It should be five. I was uh, West Pine bills, uh, St. Louis blogger. Yeah. He yep. was talking about how, you know, as they hate Missouri and Illinois. So they obviously are not big fans of the big 10. They're mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is ridiculous that they're doing this. And I said, we well, have a conference named after 10 teams that actually has 14 putting 11 guys in a starting five like yeah. it's just all over the place but <laughs> but getting back but getting back to the a10 it's like i think now i mean because of javante perkins's injury it's basically a, a five-man first team between oshun lofton golden gilliard from richmond and then hyung jun lee who yeah I, i'm not surprised he's he's developing very well and i yep. think that's i think he is going to be davidson's main focal point this season so um but those guess, two guys that we talked about that didn't make any of these teams totally shut down Hyung Jung Lee in our right. two games. Like in in Lofton totally shut down uh Fats Russell. He completely put Kellen Grady in the cooler in one of those games. Grady had a good game, I think, after that, but like you see Fats Russell and Kellen Grady on these national lists because they transferred to Kentucky and Maryland higher than Kyle Lofton. And it's just like the P5 bias is insane. I never put any stock into these preseason or even postseason awards ever since Dion Wright had pretty much the same statistics as the A10 player of the year, DeAndre Bembry, and didn't even make third team. I've kind of sworn these <laughs> off and I don't really care that much anymore. It's fun to talk about for a little bit, but I, I really don't care about it. I sometimes I'm kind of happy if like Lawton got snubbed last year, gives them a little extra chip on their shoulder. Hopefully Welch and Attaway see this and are like, what the hell? Uh, now I got, I got something to prove. Or even um, Holmes. Cause Holmes yeah. we talked to him a few weeks ago and he really thinks that he can explode. And I think he has potential to grow too. Like I, I think a lot of the stuff I said about Attaway applies to him. Now Holmes had one more season under Schmidt before COVID, but I still think another season, with Schmidt in a real, you know, normal regular preseason training program will definitely yeah. help him as well. I think I don't think Lofton, Oshun, and Welch are gonna be drastically different. I still think they're gonna be great, but I don't I don't think I don't see one of them 
taking like a an enormous step forward. I hope yeah. I hope one of them does because that means we could be talking about the NBA draft for Oshun and Lofton. But I think yeah. I think there's too many mouths to feed, so maybe it might not be as easy for those three to take a step yeah. forward. And the the A ten awards are one thing. The thing I always find hilarious, and I can't wait till it comes out, is when the big four. Uh, the, between <laughs> Bonas, UB, sorry, SUNY Amherst, Canisius, and Niagara comes out because like ninety percent of the the voters on there are Buffalo voters yeah. from the city. Um, and I just cannot wait until like they have to throw a Canisius or a Niagara guy on that team because <laughs> because they just have to have everyone from every team, right? Can't be five Bonna guys. Either way, it's right. going to be hilarious. Maybe it will be three Bonna guys, two SUNY Amherst guys or something. I would be shocked, though. There's going to be like a Canisius or Niagara guy on there ahead of like J- Jalen Attaway. And I'm just going to at that point, you just got to laugh at it. I am interested to see how our friends at the Buffalo News and the Buffalo news stations and the Rochester media organizations. I'm interested to see how they're going to play. If the Bonnies are ranked in the top 25 for the vast majority of the season, like we hope, because yeah. we see that they only chime in every now and then if we're playing in Buffalo or playing in Rochester. And there's mm-hmm. clearly for Rochester, they kind of have more of a Syracuse bias. And then like you mentioned, the the three Buffalo area schools are kind of, you know, more of the Buffalo media market. So yep. it'll be interesting to see the bandwagon effect and how much we'll see some some familiar faces in Buffalo and Rochester media making the trip down yeah. on 219 or on the back roads near Mount Moon and all that. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of those like in-state rivalries, I, I say Mount Moon. I said Mount Moon. I meant Mount Morris. God, that was a Pokemon Morris, reference. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Pokemon <laughs> reference. Oh my god! Oh, I've driven through Mount Morris so many times. I said Mount Moon. Oh god. <laughs> Mount Morris. <laughs> um, more pathetic than when I last year when I was so crazy for basketball, I was watching LaSalle against a D2 team, I think it was. I was watching Sienna Hold and <laughs> I was Sorry. watching. Sorry, Sienna. that was too easy. That was, a, that was an easy layup. That was an early season joke. Trey Woodall is going to help turn them around. Fordham is going to be. They, they're getting some good recruits. I'm not going to yeah. lie. They, they're getting some good, good guys out there. But. I was watching Sienna in an exhibition against um, Jermaine Taggart's Saint. Ah, oh, crap! What was Saint it? Rose? Saint, Saint Rose. Rose. Um, and Sienna was down like eight in the second half, uh, and uh, to this D two team. So they are not looking very good. I know they are missing some guys, but uh, Tuesday when we open with Sienna, we're gonna raise the banners. It's gonna be a total ass kicking. I'm not sure, Captain Beer. What classes you have Wednesday morning, but I want an over under on your <laughs> Tuesday night. Uh, how many beers you're going to have on Tuesday? We're going to go. Uh, oh, this is tough. Um, throughout the whole day, Tuesday, over under is 25 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid Tuesday. Especially, you know, especially, just you know, average, after it's just a normal Tuesday down in Bonaventure. Just Whoa, an average Tuesday, Tuesday in <laughs> greater Cataraugus Cater- I mean, County. We've, me and my roommates, we talk about getting a keg, having a little pregame party or something like that. So oh, yeah. Definitely definitely around 25 and a half. Awesome. Hey, well, just like the players got to pace themselves every three days. You got to, too. Because, you know, <laughs> we got Kenichis on, Kenichis I gotta get on ready Sunday after the Siena game, and then you got to go to Charleston. Yeah. You have to get a, yeah. a fake Franciscan cup and take a video <laughs> drinking out of it like uh, oh, yeah, that out. when we beat them by like 40. I'll go to the, I'll quick, go to the quick center. Somebody can make like a paper mache <laughs> one with like gold yeah. tinfoil or something. Oh, yeah. I want to I figure something out. We'll get that. We'll get that figured out and I'll send that tweet out Tuesday night. 
Yes. <laughs> that would be sick. That would be sick. <laughs> well, thank yep. you all so much for joining us here on SB Unfurled and Friends. We'll be dropping another podcast and it will be getting you ready for Sienna and Canisius like we already kind of just started with. But we will be getting you fully ready for the season as we already have because it is going to be an incredible season once in a lifetime-ish, 50 years. First time mm. we're ranked in 50 years, by the way. We didn't officially congratulate the Bonnies for finally getting ranked. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we push for rank the Bonnies, and it's like, oh, by the way, they get ranked in preseason. But it'll unanimous, unanimous number one in the A-10 poll, too. That's right, and unanimous mm-hmm. number one. Although I've almost felt just as happy when Duquesne was unanimous or put <laughs> an 11th and in the pillow fight because I am not – happy with Duquesne still from last season's A-10 quarterfinal. But yeah. <laughs> that's that's another issue. But yes, we ranked preseason 23rd in the AP. It'll feel better once we have a 2-0 and next to our name as opposed to an 0-0. It'll feel a little more real for me. But it's still a great achievement and testament to what the guys have done and what we're going to be seeing this season. So thank you all so much for joining us here on SB Unfurled. And friends, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Oh, by the way, before I recap this, we didn't even talk about your preview. You got to check out at SB Unfurled on Twitter. Did you put it on the website yet? Um, actually, the the guy, yeah, the the guy I um, uh, Aban alum who helped me redesign the website this off season sh- is showing me how to get it on there. I, the The most difficult part of the whole thing was figuring out how to present it. I was going yes. absolutely insane. It took me hours just to figure out how right. the hell to actually just show the PDF that I created. Yes, so. What this is, by the way, it's you did a comprehensive preview of the yeah. entire Atlantic 10. You had guest writers from, mm-hmm. I mean, you had uh, one for each team. One for yeah. each team. Yeah, you had, yeah. you know, I think you had some fans, but you also had like legitimate like beat writers and other yeah. reporters who were actually mm-hmm. contributing to this. Yeah. You did all the graphics. I had no part in this because it was a very clean, professional, nice job. It was really incredible when you showed me the day before you released it. I was blown away. I was like, this is your magnum opus, dude. This is incredible. So check it out at least on SB Unfurled on Twitter. If not, yeah. sbunfurled.com should possibly have it by Monday. Yeah, I'll have it up by then. Yep, I'll have okay, it by the time this podcast drops, hopefully it'll be up there. Either way, it is 70 some odd pages. It gives you an entire breakdown of expected starting lineups, transfers, freshmen. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, is there anything else you want to tell people that it has in it? Uh, yeah, we did top transfers. We did top freshmen. We did uh, top returning players. There are uh, four pages for every team in the A10, which has projected starting lineups, uh, projected reserves who are coming off the bench, a lot of advanced metrics, a lot of cool graphics, uh, and just a, it's a lot of visuals too. Um, yeah. And it's similar to your your daily or get player, every game yeah. reviews, but it's, yep. it's that plus a bunch of other analytics and yeah. you have contributing writers who did a lot of great work too. Yeah. So hopefully if you're, if you're at work and you want some time to kill, it's, I, I feel like when I make these, I'm envisioning people just like, like Howard Stern envisions people sitting in their truck, driving their truck, listening to him. I'm envisioning people slacking at work, looking at the stuff that I'm making. So hopefully if when you slack <laughs> at work, you can watch, look at this stuff. Please do not read his preview while driving, though, because it's like 75 pages long. And yeah, that'll be the last thing you read. I wanted it to be, I was trying to get it down to 69 pages, but it's oh. <laughs> it oh, perfect well, to look at in class. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get you through it. I'll get you through a nice two and a half hour class on Tuesday night before, before the game, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> once again, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Dom, once, uh, Dom Captain Beer. Thank you again for joining us at Dom, un, at Dom underscore Greco. You can follow him. He'll be doing a lot of great stuff this season as we have a pretty big spirited fan leader of the student section of the Wolfpack at us be unfurled once again at Lobon X for my nonsense too on Twitter. SB Unfurled's got the best stuff, though. Be sure to also, if you haven't subscribed to us on your favorite Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, make sure you go ahead, follow, subscribe, give us some ratings, do whatever you want. We just love the love. We'll be seeing you again on Monday, November 8th for Sienna and Canisius. Finally, Bonnie's Basketball is back, and we're ranked. Thank you all so much for joining us. It's the hour.